0: your farm, and your future matter to us. Welcome to Dairy Stream, a podcast focusing on opportunities and challenges impacting the future of dairy. This podcast is brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations fighting for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Joanna Guza we are ready to bring you conversations that will be thought-provoking and hopefully benefit your dairy business and future success. I'm excited to be sitting in the driver's seat as your new host of Dairy Stream. We are thankful for the time and talent Mike Austin has brought to the egg industry and Dairy Stream. Today, our focus is on preparing for the next 10 years of dairy. Loaded, right? This is going to be a panel presentation taking place Thursday, January 19th at the Dairy Strong Conference in Madison, Wisconsin. We have one of the panelists with us today to share more of an insight and a perspective from her farming background and experience. Our guest has quite the resume and we're excited to have her on Dairy Stream. Her name is Christina Zeiderveen. She grew up on a dairy farm in both California and Michigan. She moved to Iowa in 2012 with her husband, Nate. They milk 2,700 cows at their home place in Iowa, but she also works with her brother in South Dakota. At all three sites, they milk a total of 15,000 cows. Christina has served on the Central Plains Dairy Association Board and currently serving on the Iowa State Dairy Association Board and the school board of her Christian school. Christina also had the privilege of testifying before the Senate Egg Subcommittee on milk price reform. Along with being a farmer and a wife, she is also a mother of three children. This first part of Dairy Stream, we're going to reflect briefly on the past 10 years. So taking us back to 2013, and then we'll dive into some of those future challenges that we're going to face up till 2033, which sounds crazy to say. So just to give kind of a brief overview of what was happening in 2013, some non-ag-related items, President Obama started his second term there was the security breaches with Edward Snowden. Uh, the Boston Marathon bombing happened in 2013. From an agricultural standpoint, in 2013, milk price hovered around 17.50, give or take a dollar. Also, the Economic Research Service releases research outcomes. And some of the items that they released that was an accomplishment in 2013 was the share of U.S. farms operated by women nearly tripled over the past decade. There was a large shift of foreign-born hired farm labor resulting from immigration laws, crop production, and production of like land just shifted more to larger farms. I'm also talking about climate change and the research that it has on the economy and our environment and farmers and the market response to that. Also, America was promoting agricultural production and biotechnology exports. So that's kind of the big picture of what was happening in 2013. But Christina, from your farm perspective and what was going on in your life in 2013, what was some of the goals and challenges that you guys were facing?
1: My situation may be a little bit unique, as in uh, at the end of 2012, my husband and I started milking at our farm in Iowa, which was a big move for us from Michigan. So we were dealing with startup challenges, navigating building business relationships in a a new region and also finding employees, which I think labor has been kind of top of mind for a lot of farms for a long time. I know that uh, we shifted from having typically Hispanic employees, to also receiving a lot of Guatemalan employees because of unrest in their country. One of the big things that I spent a lot of time on was helping create the benefit package for our employees, which was new to navigate for everyone because of some of the health insurance laws that went into place under President Obama. Regionally, 2012 was a very dry year here in uh, Northwest Iowa and our input prices were quite high for feed. So between startup and high feed prices, uh, we were really happy to see that uh, good milk price that you mentioned around 1750, dollars um, which really felt great to most dairymen considering the economic environment in the dairy industry from 2008 Really to twenty twelve, depending on the region that you're in.
0: There was a lot lot going on and thanks for painting that picture for us, Christina. And and I we talked about this off mic, but I think you are one of the perfect people to be on this episode in particular because you've had the last ten years. You said you started that was like your startup when you were going. Now we're gonna look now to the next ten years. And these next years are 10 years are going to be critical, too, for the future of your farm and and your business. So let's turn to a decade from now. What issues will be top of mind from 2023 to 2033?
1: I've got a list for you, (laughs) but I'll start with something that uh, I think every farm deals with, whether you milk 30 cows or 3,000 or 10,000 labor uh not only the unskilled labor that we have kind of struggled to find in the u.s but also skilled labor i read a headline the other day that large animal vets are kind of aging out and there isn't the supply in the education system to fill out our needs so we're gonna struggle with that coming up as well without changes in immigration and policy our labor costs are going to increase with a short supply, but also there has been advances in technology. I know some farms have been early adopters of robots and other automated technology, but we've really seen a lot of new technology come out in that robots used to be used for uniform processes. Animals aren't uniform. So Mm -hmm. it was hard to have an effective robot for a non-uniform animal. Um, But we have really advanced the technology on that. And I see that in the next 10 years, just continuing on an upward trend and that being more adopted and becoming more affordable. When you compare that cost to increased labor costs, it may tip the scales to where you are ready to adopt some of those new technologies. A second topic that I really um, have concerns, but also excitement about is regulation. A lot of us have heard different things about carbon credits, and digesters, and renewable natural gas and pipelines all coming into play now, and that this is just the beginning. We as an industry really need to come together in a way that that applauds our efficiencies as well as creates realistic environmental goals without hampering our industry growth. We have seen uh, places like Europe and New Zealand have kind of regulated their farms out of existence in a way, which does create an opportunity for us, but also something to learn from on regulation. I was speaking with a market analyst the other day, and she was telling me that the US has the most efficient dairies in the world. And this also gives us a lot of incentive to innovate. So if we can agree on these goals, We can see a lot of innovation to accomplish them and take some of the market opportunities we have rather than regulating ourselves into a smaller market. In conjunction with that, trade is another big thing. We are already behind the eight ball on this. It doesn't matter which way you lean politically. Our last two administrations have not made a priority of helping us secure export markets or trade agreements and some of our competitors are now in talks and we are left outside of this discussion which could have an impact on us for a long time however the eurozone and new zealand are likely to see a decrease in production because of their regulations that they have just created and this is going to create a market ready for our exports, so we really need to focus on um, getting those trade agreements in place so we could take full advantage of this. Trade policy is a very slow moving machine. It starts in Washington and we all know how that goes, so we really need to get on this and make some moves here. Another thing that I think will continue to happen over the next 10 years is just continued consolidation within the industry. I Think we will see that both on farms and with processors some other things that i had thought about were consumer perspectives we have made a lot of progress i think with social media and advertising campaigns sharing that full fat and dairy are healthy they are a great energy source a great source of protein and we just need to continue to grow in that so that consumers continue to have confidence in us as an industry and as a product that can also go along with some of our environmental goals. There are a lot of consumer concerns about environmental problems that they see. And a lot of times we as farmers, we already do what's best for the cattle and our environment, because that is what's good for us as a business as well. And We care about our land and our animals and the future that they will provide for us and our families. We just have to continue to get better at sharing the progress we've made and our lifestyle and how it fits within their goals. Lastly, something to mention um, here in Northwest Iowa, land prices have hit record highs. I know it's very typical in my region to see anything over 20K, but a couple weeks ago we had some land only 10 miles from us go for 30k an acre. And that is a huge investment and definitely hampers growth when you have to spend that much on the land.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Christina, for giving that and and laying that all out for us. I mean, the notes I took, skilled labor, regulation uh, needs to keep up with innovation, trade opportunities, consolidation is going to happen, consumer confidence Um, and and land price, but I even believe the prices of all types of things. I mean, land in particular is going to be that big investment when you're growing that feed for your cows, but also throughout the whole supply chain, things are going to get a little bit more expensive. So when we look at all of those items that you just mentioned, Christina, from your perspective, what are the top concerns we need to be preparing for right now into the next decade?
1: I would definitely go with the first three I listed, labor, because... We can't do what we do without labor. Um, Our employees are our greatest asset. We need to treat them that way. They need to be treated fairly so that they love their job. And the part that they play in our food chain here, we, we can't operate without them. Regulation, secondly, because big changes in that could affect how we uh, produce our milk and how much milk we can produce. And then the trade. like I said, the the opportunities are there, but we have to be ready to take advantage of them
0: right. I even think too, when you talk about labor, it, it starts with the tech colleges. <laughs> So thinking about uh, how we're preparing our young people and making them interested in careers in agriculture so that we have more of that skilled labor force that you mentioned and one of your answers. I know one thing people have talked about because we know labor is such a big issue, but with automation, from your farm perspective, what have you automated on your farm right now and what are you looking at automating in the next 10 years?
1: we have a 60 stall rotary here at my home farm we do have a um a blow dryer at our pre-dip station that is automated and a post-dip robot and we have been happy with those items we have tried a feed pushing robot a few years ago and we're not satisfied with the results from that Um, but it is something that we would consider again in the future i know we have technology integrated into our scale when i was growing up one of my jobs on the farm was during harvest to sit and push the buttons to weigh every truck now Mm. they just scan a card and all the information shows up in our computer just where we need it so continuing to see small and large innovation will definitely change the labor force you mentioned the tech colleges That's huge. Um, I know my husband has said to me, why doesn't anyone want to be a plumber or a Mm -hmm. welder? And we have done a very good job of encouraging kids to go to college, but now that's seen as like a rite of passage and they can make a perfectly good Even great living, um, doing things like diesel mechanics, welding, plumbing, construction. And those are some of the jobs that we as business owners, dairies, farms really need.
0: Our guest is Christina Zyderveen. She's the managing partner at Black Soil Dairy, Dakota Plains, and Mount Hope. We're talking about preparing for the next 10 years in dairy. She's going to be one of the panelists at the Dairy Strong Conference on January 19th. Now with everything that we talked about, relationship is kind of the key word of what we're doing with moving things forward. What do you think relationships will look like in the next 10 years?
1: We had talked about land prices before and you mentioned some of the other um, you know, costs that are really going up. So, thinking of building prices, expansion is going to be really expensive for both the dairyman and the processor. So the processors are going to want to run at full capacity. They're not gonna have any extra space if you choose to expand by a hundred cows because that's where you know you have the room for it and your son is taking over. You know, those things used to just be accepted and we're not going to see that nearly as much it's going to force you to have an agreement with your processor or another processor in your area for the extra milk that you can produce so really keep a good relationship with your processor so that you can find the home for your milk when you are ready to expand with some of the other supporting vendors i think just really Maintaining good support of the product they provide and information if they are uh, related to some of the environmental standards that we are going to have to keep track of. Really keeping us up to date on what the new regulations are.
0: Christina, with the one topic with with talking with your processor and the expansion, it kind of makes me think of like when you're getting married to someone that you better talk about <laughs> your like financial stance and all and all of those little details. When it comes to the communication aspect of it, if a farm wants to expand or a processor going to expand, how should the communication be between the two?
1: I know that with our processor, we have kind of always told them like, well, we have expansion goals, just not necessarily with a timeline or a location, an exact location, but let them know right off the bat, hey, you know, my son's decided to come back home to the farm or, you know, we just, we have a land base and we'd like to expand in the future. What are my opportunities? And they can kind of help you create that timeline. We are in a good position with our processor where if they do have extra capacity coming available, they they would let us know, mm-hmm. um, are we interested in that? can we fill that need? Because they want to operate in their most efficient way also. I think it will be something that's hard to create, but you do have to have those open lines
0: of communication. It sounds like a successful marriage. <laughs> you have, <laughs> Exactly. You have to make sure that you're being transparent and honest. And then that's the, the way that you both can work best together. So uh, relationships are going to be key into the next uh, 10 years. I know we kind of talked a little bit about feels kind of negative or certain things that were our challenges that we're going to be worried about t- going into 2033. Christina, from your farm's perspective and you being a farmer, what opportunities does your dairy see going into 2033?
1: I am really hopeful of the opportunities in the export market. Europe and New Zealand, I know I mentioned them before, they do export a lot of dairy products and if they can't fill that, there's going to be a void in the market and we wanna be the first to fill that. Also thinking about emerging markets, you know, third world countries where people are starting to consume dairy. I, uh, I once heard Mary Ledman from Bank say, once consumers put can not afford to put dairy in their cart, it is really hard for them to give that up even if their economic status changes to where it's not as affordable. They they love it and they recognize it as a great nutrition source and it is really a cost-effective um, form of nutrition. The other area that I really see some opportunity is in product innovation on trend i don't think that fluid milk sales are going to increase or fluid milk consumption that's not the way our um the next generations are going yes for your toddlers and babies milk is still the number one choice but innovation in sports drinks and we all know we all love our coffee hot or iced with lots of milk in it pizza You know all those things are going to continue to be consumed and restaurants are really one of the dairy industry's best friends while you probably don't put a pound of butter in your mashed potatoes at home they do at the restaurants and we love that taste another thing is genetic testing that has really come a long way in the last 10 years but i don't think that it's widely adopted across the dairy industry and I see it becoming uh, more affordable and more reachable for a lot of farms. We will definitely see cattle that have high net merits or cheese merits and also breeding still to from dairy to beef um, which is a great practice and that is widely adopted which is wonderful because i have been reading that with the drought in the west the next couple of years will probably be lower beef production so there's definitely the space for our dairy beef within the beef market
0: A lot of exciting opportunities, along with those challenges that we mentioned in the first place. Christina Zyderveen has been our guest. She's the managing partner at Black Soil Dairy, Dakota Plains, and Mount Hope. This first portion talked about the future challenges and opportunities that are going to take place from now till 2033. The next part of our episode is going to focus in on how do we prepare for 2033, and we're going to be getting that from Christina's farmer perspective. So stay with us. We will be right back with Dairy Stream after we hear from our sponsor. Compure Financial is the leading financial service provider for agriculture and rural communities. Compure Financial serves the needs of farmers and neighbors with local offices in Illinois, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. To learn more, visit Compure.com or contact them at 844-426-6733. Trademarks of Compure Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. Welcome back. Dairy Stream is brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Our guest today is Christina Zeiderveen. She's the managing partner at Black Soil Dairy, Dakota Plains, and Mount Hope. The second part of our episode will focus on how we prepare for 2033. We will focus on specific ways to face the challenges, how egg businesses can be a better resource for farmers in the future and what non-egg trend should we be following and lastly some final advice from Christina so to kick off our second part Christina how can farms be preparing their business for challenges and opportunities leading into 2033
1: My number one recommendation is to utilize your risk management options. Uh, With uh, the pandemic, we saw very wide gaps in the milk price and very big swings from high to low. Um, Taking advantage of programs like DRP, DMC, and even hedging, if you're comfortable doing that, are great ways to level out that milk check that you're going to get. Secondly, also on the financial end is, make sure you have good debt structure because these rising interest rates that we're seeing can create major challenges here. Um, I was talking to my dad the other day and he said we have a whole generation, me included, that have grown up our entire life with low interest rates and easy money. We have no experience managing for this so seek out a mentor or um, really have a good relationship with your banker on um, what you can do to improve your situation in this economic environment.
0: From your farm manager perspective, Christina, how can dairy businesses, we're talking about those processing plants, equipment dealers, builders, genetic companies, how can they prepare and be a better resource for farmers? How can they better help you in the future?
1: My number one recommendation would be support on new technology. I know I had mentioned before that we tried out a feed-pushing robot um we really loved the idea and the savings it would give us on labor and my husband is pretty handy and he does a lot of the um programming and repair of our equipment so he was pretty excited to try this out well it was very hard for him to figure anything out because the owner's manual was only available in german we don't speak German, so it made it kind of a, a non starter. We tried it, we tested it, but it just wasn't something that we could adopt at that time. So, getting the support on a lot of this new technology, whether it's mechanic support or um, just informational support to help us make decisions on whether new tech or automation is the right choice for our farm secondly is going to be these new regulations and environmental challenges that we're going to face how to market products in that space is going to be very different than something we've ever faced before I know there's a lot of farms that are hopeful that this will be a second revenue stream for them. So they will be ready to adopt, but may not know some of the ins and outs of that. And I think that's going to change a lot. So just keeping us updated on the information so that we can take advantage of some of these new opportunities for us.
0: Right. I know when I've heard people talk about the carbon markets, they kind of say it's the wild west. So it's fine figuring out. who's going to be that trusted resource and and who really knows their information that you want to partner with.
1: Exactly. And that's going to differ widely on region. Um, I know some of these will be federal regulations, but a lot of this is going to come from your state. Um, So we need to know what practices are accepted and, you know, almost requested. That's also going to come from your processor. They are under a lot of pressure to advertise and share how they are becoming more green and a lot of that they are putting on the farms to to share how how we are making changes that make the whole production process more efficient and more environmentally friendly
0: kind of bringing back the relationship what will that look like question that we asked in in part one i hear you you know Talking about regulation and your state and federal, how can farms be and you know, these egg businesses, these dairy businesses, how can we be having a better relationship with our lawmakers and policymakers? What's that gonna look like in the next 10 years?
1: I think the key is to get involved. If you don't know what's going on, you can't be informed and you can't share your decision. I serve on our State Dairy Association and that has really helped me get involved in state and local politics and stay up to date on what bills and laws, tax structures might be affecting my business and my family.
0: Involvement is key. If you do, if you're not diving into a bunch of different topics, you're not going to know what's going on. We're talking with Christina Zyderveen. She is the managing partner at Black Soil Dairy, Dakota Plains, and Mount Hope. We're talking about how to prepare for the next ten years in dairy. Next question, which I, I find interesting. You know, we're we're so focused in on our own dairy world and what's going on in agriculture. But, Christina, from your perspective, what non-agricultural trends do we need to keep an eye on that's going to impact us?
1: This was a big question. I uh, I can't say that I am really great at predicting trends, but something I have my eye on is uh, automation within the trucking and vehicle industry Um there's been a lot of chat about this and no one has made significant strides into legally um, delivering or moving people without uh, human labor. But think of all the trucks that leave your farmyard every day. We've got milk trucks, we've got our feed trucks um, and any other you know deliveries of medical supplies from your, uh, vet everyone is coming on and off your farm and i know for us for our um, milk hauler that they have made some changes to their schedule because they cannot find people to drive overnight hours Um, and we produce milk 24 7 so that's not exactly an option for us to just stop hauling in the middle of the night so really interested to see what happens in that environment
0: I made a little list myself too, Christina, and I had manufacturing and also automation within the health industry. Uh, I I think about it because I've I've come from a pretty medical family background, and my my brother's a doctor. He ended up having to get his appendix out, and the first thing he said is, I don't want an old man cutting me open. I want a robot (laughs) because I know it'll do a better job. It'll be more precise, and that's coming from that doctor perspective. So I think following those trends in the health field and manufacturing is gonna be critical uh, going into the next 10 years. Also wanna give a plug to one of our past episodes talking about product innovation. And how we can make our products better. And I know you mentioned that as a challenge and an opportunity going into 2033. But we talked with uh, Dr. John Lucy. He's the director at the Center for Dairy Research. And he made a comment that dairy needs to be the next craft beer. And it kind of made me think we need to be watching what other industries are doing in the craft beer. And he even said "Not, not only the taste and the variety, but the packaging, how they're marketing it. They do such a good job selling a product at a high price that people are paying. Um, And kind of like you said, too, once people get a taste of dairy, it's hard for them to put it down. So I think just, you know, watching that product innovation that's happening in other products that are not related to dairy and watching their success. Now, Christina, what advice do you have for dairy men and women who are striving for success and probably in, in your same Uh, generation. What advice do you have for them in the next 10 years?
1: Uh, That employees are and will continue to be your most valuable asset. Um, Create an environment that they want to be in. That is on you and treat them in a way that you would want to be treated. I was on a panel at the Central Plains Dairy Expo last year about employee retention. And I know it's it's a little bit hard for some people to hear, but sometimes getting rid of the problem employee is the best thing for all your other employees and your whole work environment. And um, you have to be ready to make those tough decisions. Secondly, I would say that really know what your goals are like we had talked about with expansion it's not going to be oh i feel like adding 200 cows or things look right for that so i'll just do that you're not going to be able to do that financially and also your processor won't be able to accept that as readily so really work on those relationships with your financial advisors your lenders and your processors and keep an open mind if growth is your goal. There, are, There's no problem shipping to two processors um, as long as your agreement with them allows that.
0: Wise advice from a wise woman, very involved in the dairy industry. We're talking with Christina Zydervine. She's the managing partner at Black Soils Dairy and Dakota Plains in Mount Hope. I'm really glad that we did this episode as our first release in 2023 because, hey, you already now filled my calendar of content we need to make sure that we're covering uh, for the next year. So thank you so much, Christina. She's going to be on a panel at Dairy Strong on January 19th, specifically talking about this topic with two other panelists preparing for the next 10 years in dairy. I want to give a thanks to the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative who bring Dairy Stream and bring all this content to you to make sure that you are being successful for the future. I'm Joanna Guza. Thanks for listening to Dairy Stream. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, email us at podcast at dairyforward.com.